Hey, Philo community, welcome to the Philo podcast. It's the start of the summer break, I guess, break. I mean, you've made it through another ministry season and hopefully you're getting ready to just kind of cruise through the summer, right? I mean, more likely you're uh, rolling your eyes and laughing nervously because, yeah, you're probably rolling right into all the summer plans your church has cooked up, VBS and camps and whatever else. And, you know, I've said this often and I'll keep saying it mostly just to remind myself that um, it's important for us to take breaks from the work, the work that we love. And, you know, nobody but each of us can make sure that that happens. So even just thinking about this podcast, I'm realizing that I haven't scheduled a vacation for the summer. And so as soon as I stop this, I'm going to go directly to putting something on my calendar. So it's important for us to make time for taking breaks. Anyway, speaking of putting something on the calendar, we've got our latest version of the Philo Cohorts happening in June, July, and August. We're calling it the Summer Skills Cohort, and we're inviting experts in the field of audio, video, and lighting to share some of their expertise with the Philo community. So you can join us on June 13th, July 11th, August 8th, or all three or two of the three. And we're going to be looking at skill development. But more importantly, we'll be having some of our infamous Philo Cohort community time. Our goal with these cohorts is to help you become a more effective version of yourself, not only as an audio, video, or lighting person, but just as a person, period. And this is what we're all about, helping you become more effective so that your church can become more effective. So you can go to philo.org slash coaching to get all the info about this year's Philo Summer Skills Cohort. And for those of you who have been to the Philo Conference or have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that we have our main session speakers on as guests on the podcast. Well, today on our podcast, we have a main session speaker from all the way back in 2021, Carlos Whitaker. We talked about his newest book, How to Human, which I felt like was such a great book when thinking about the challenges of being a technical artist in the local church. I really loved reading it and we had a great conversation about it. So let's jump right in. Carlos Whitaker, welcome to the Philo Podcast. Yes. Thanks, buddy, man. And I'm grateful to hang out with you guys again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had such a great time. We were just talking 2021, which it seems like not that long ago, but yeah, that's two, right. two solid years. Two years, two years ago now, yeah. which was, that's crazy. Since 2020 was three years. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's on everything now. Like memories come up on Instagram sure, or on yeah. Facebook or hop or photo album. You know, you're scrolling through like, oh, what, what was I doing today, three yeah. years ago? And it's like, Holy cow, like when you open those things up and you look to like 2020 and you yeah. look and see what you were doing, you know, everyone like had like, like, you know, countdowns on their wall as to how much longer before we could leave our property. You know, it just was right, right. like, yeah. I can't even <laughs> happen. It was insane. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was talking to my son. We were talking about 80s music and 80s music is now 40 years old. And right. so that's like in the yeah. 80s listening to 1940s music, which seems Absolutely. like ridiculous to me. Yeah. Yes. How time yes. flies. Yes. <laughs> we, we are, our music is big band music now too, you know. Yeah. The, right. yeah. Uh, and Gen Z, who are Gen Alpha, who I don't know what we're on anymore. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who all the Gens yeah. are. All I know is that like millennials are becoming grandparents. <laughs> so, you know, when, when... When I heard that, I was like, well, I guess my time is done. Yeah, right. Yeah. I guess, I guess <laughs> it's done. You're packing up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, so for those of you who don't know who Carlos is, Carlos, why don't you kind of tell us what, what it is you do and maybe uh, your story of how you got to this point? Yeah, absolutely. I am, 
you know, I mean, I, I, it's always so hard if, when I sit next to someone on an airplane, they're like, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of like, well, what, what week is it? Yeah. Well, what, what, what is it I'm doing, doing now? Today? Yeah. The simplest answer is I write books mm -hmm. and then I talk about them. <laughs> and the talking about them kind of goes to a whole bunch of different places, okay. right? I could talk about them on a stage. I could talk about them, you know, on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I could talk about them. Most of the time I'm talking about them looking at the camera on the front of my phone uh -huh. through social media. So, you know, those two things have offered me the opportunity to talk about a lot of different things over the years. Mm -hmm. Things have really moved in, and shifted. I, I initially, you know, as graduating from college, became a worship leader at a small church in Southern California okay. and ended up being there for 10 years. Oh, wow. And thought, I mean, I thought I'd be there till, for 40 years. Like yeah. I was like, I kind of helped plant the church and loved it. And, but then, gosh, it was, I mean, I don't even want to start doing the math now, but a long time ago, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, after 10 years at that church, I got hired by North Point Community okay. Church in Atlanta mm -hmm. and went and moved, moved there as the service programming director um, working with Jeff Henderson and Andy Stanley. And, you know, kind of that, that was like, when I was doing that, man, it was like, we had just, they had just started literally the year I got there doing the whole like life-size Andy streaming oh, sure. from yeah, one yeah. campus to another. It was crazy, right? Yeah, like yeah. it was. It was happening. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, man. And so it was like, I was there in like the, I don't know, I feel like it was the heyday of like, they are pushing the envelope as to what is kind of happening right. on, on Sundays and Sunday experiences. So had a great time there for a couple of years. And then again, so I mean, as at this point, I'm just kind of worship guy and creative guy and then moved to Nashville, signed a record deal, started touring and did that, you know, had a, had a great time, was with Integrity Music and, you know, made two records mm -hmm. and toured a lot and was on tour. My kids were really little. And in that season though, like, I had this blog. Okay. I had this, uh, if people are too young to know what a blog is, this was like- How scary is that? There are people, people too young to yeah. remember a blog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. pre-social media, pre-being able to just type your thoughts out on a phone and let the world see. You actually had to do it on a computer and then people had to come to your blog, yeah. unless they had an RSS feed uh, <laughs> that would go to their email. And I mean, I'm pulling out you all are, the yeah. old tech. But <laughs> while I was while I was doing the music thing, I had this blog that I was writing on every day. Mm -hmm. And I just was, it, you know, I'll never forget realizing that I was more excited about what I was writing on that blog huh. than really what I was singing. Okay. You know, and, and, and I felt like I was, people were like, man, you're such a great worship leader. You're such a great yada yada on stage. You have such great presence. But then I started getting a couple of friends that were like, you know, like, I think more people are actually reading what you have to say than listening to what you're singing. <laughs> yeah. And I started, I started doing the math and I was like, oh, you know, I'm, they may be right. And one thing led to another, a lot of prayer. And then I was like, let me, um, let me give this a shot. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I wonder if I could write more than a blog post. I wonder if I can do a book and wrote my first book in 2014 wow. called Moment Maker was still kind of the whole time that book was out. I was still definitely like 70% worship leading, 30% I would speak. Yep. But the more I spoke, the more I thought, no, this is what I want to do. So, you know, long story long, <laughs> continued to, to write books in specifically targeting, you know, church folk, evangelicals, yeah, like yeah. people helping them Christian walk. And yeah, had had some minor success with a book called Kill the Spider mm -hmm, a few years mm -hmm. ago when it came to that. And then 2020 came 
And I saw my kind of my socials platform and the people that were listening to what I had to say begin to change demographic, begin to change who they were. Okay. Not the people like were changing themselves, but the different people were showing sure, up right. to listen yeah, yeah. to the conversations I had. And suddenly I found myself speaking to a lot more people that didn't believe like me and didn't have opinions like me and didn't believe in God like me. And man, that really lit something in mm. me that I, I mean, that excited me more than the other stuff. So then I, I started having more kind of cultural conversations on my social media platforms, a lot less focused on like evangelical Christianity or faith and more focused on cultural issues at the time sure. and kind of found my voice in Every time I'd write something about something that was controversial or something, so many people were like, man, like I couldn't find my words, but I'm so grateful that you wrote mm -hmm. that because it's really helped me. So all of that led to a lot of growth in a lot of areas and me talking to not only on my socials to a lot more people outside of my Christian walk, but I began to be asked to speak at a lot more corporate settings, non-faith-based settings. And sure. here I find myself, you know, in 2023 talking to you way different than I was in 2021. Yeah, wow. When I, when I last kind of hung out at, at Philo, yeah. um, where I'd say 80% of, of who I'm talking to is are non-Christians in a corporate context wow. or in a motivational context. And I wrote a book called How to Humans, yes. which is very, uh, we'll talk about that in a second, but you know, it's it's not like I'm hiding my faith in any way, shape or form in the book. Yeah, yeah sure, for sure. It's, it's accessible to a lot more people than may, maybe some of my other books have been. And so- yeah, man. Here I here I am, like <laughs> just trying trying new things, having a good time, reinventing my career at 49 years old. Why not? You know, let's let's sure. let's keep growing and and so that's the long version of who I am and where where how I ended okay. up where I'm. <laughs> well, I love it, and I really did love your book, How to Human. I've read Kill the Spider back in the day, yeah. And I think your talk at Philo was a you know kind of based on some of that book. I think so. Yeah, 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 for sure. But the How to Human, I don't know what I expected from it, sure. but I definitely you know sort of revisiting it, preparing for this yeah. conversation and. You know, just even in the first couple pages, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So <laughs> this is what our what I feel like the file community can really benefit from. I feel like you go to certain places that, yeah, not all of us go or don't yeah. maybe apply to all of us. They apply to all of us. But I think for the sake of our conversation, the thing that really stuck out to me was we live in this culture that's very us versus them. Right. It exists, you know politically, spiritually, ethnically. I mean, there's so many yeah. ways that we kind of can categorize us versus them. But I feel like as a tech person, one of the biggest challenges I felt like was not, I need more gear or, I mean, I did, but that, that wasn't the biggest. Yeah. It was like this tension-filled relationship I had with my counterpart wow. on the platform. Sure. And how easy it is to get into an us versus them posture. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, the... First in, last out, man. So a lot of times you're you're like, man, yeah, these people that come in in the middle and start telling me how to do my job, right. boy, emotions start building, right? And <laughs> yeah, tensions yeah. start growing and divisions start taking place. And and yeah, you know, I I uh, I love that that you're when you read the book, you you did think of your community because yeah, although although you know, I wrote this book for really anybody that that wants to figure out remember how it is that we do this human thing, not figure it mm -hmm. out because I, it's not like I tell you anything new in the book, but knowing that it doesn't matter what you do, what your job is, what role you have in life, whether it could be family, it could be work, it can be friendships, 
all of those things, the last few years, we, man, we just kind of all collectively went through trauma together. And sometimes, you know, we maybe just need to be reminded how it is we do this human thing. Well, you know, speaking of, I think I probably mentioned this when I, when I was there, like I, I still to this day run camera five at my church, right? Like like I run it. (laughs) And it's funny, the, you know, in 2021, middle of 2021, um, here, there I was like, like, you know, praying and spraying, you know, the, the camera, just like shooting my shots or whatever. <laughs> and a worship leader came on stage that, oh my gosh, like I had seen some of the things that he'd posted. I had mm-hmm. seen some of the thing, the rhetoric that he had said about whatever the political ideology he was saying. And mm-hmm. I just remember like unfollowing him and being mm-hmm. like, I can't, I can't stand this guy. I can't say whatever. And suddenly I found myself on a Sunday morning having to like focus on his face the entire, <laughs> the entire morning. And, yeah. and, and here I was realizing, wow, like this is actually even invading my worship. This is actually even invading mm-hmm. my Sunday volunteer role job. If I can't, if I don't figure this out soon, I, I'm just mm-hmm. going to cut half of, of everyone that I've ever loved off and just live in my little silo, which isn't right. the point. And so, you know, to your point, the book, really, I think, can help a lot of these relationships that may have grown maybe distant over the last few years and maybe help us figure out how to get them back together. Yeah, yeah. You know, as a tech person, I'm wired a certain way. I mean, super generalization here, but uh, yeah, I'm wired a certain way. The person on the platform is wired a totally different way than me. And so we, this kind of us versus them, it's really easy to settle into it because you're different than me. And that's just the way it is. And I think for me, when I, you know, just reading your book, I was reminded of the seasons of my life where I sort of realized like I was spending so much energy wishing someone else would change and just sitting there not doing anything about it instead of like, all right, let me, what if I harness this energy for me to change, for me to make the move, you know, to fill the gap that exists between us instead of just wishing somebody else would like, understand me a little better. Yeah, no, it's, it. gosh, isn't that just the truth? And isn't that the truth with, again, you can, we can narrow it down to differences of personalities within tech people and maybe maybe like communicators or, or musicians and people on stage and, or, you know, it could be people that you work professionally with and it could be yeah, yeah. even family members. Your neighbor. that you live yeah. with, like your own spouse, right? All of these yeah. things are, I like what you said, like, what can I do about me? Like, like that, that's really the mm-hmm. only thing that we can control. And so right. I think some people, you know, look at, look at the book, right? The subtitle, Three Ways to Share Life Beyond What Distracts, Divides, and Disconnects Us. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. thanks, editor, for writing that little cookie cutter. Thing. <laughs> and, and people are going to pick it up going like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to read these things. And then, like you said, 10 pages in, you're like, oh, crap. Like, I don't know if I want to <laughs> do this because this is going to be more work. This is actually not going to be me telling someone else how to human. This is going to be me right, right. looking at my own heart, uh, which is why yeah. I wrote the book that way, because I, I have to do it for myself every day. Right. It's hard. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. So easy to want somebody else to change when the reality is yeah. like, I've got as much responsibility to, to do the changing. Absolutely. And I think too, just thinking about believing the best in the other person, I think is a habit we've gotten out of practice in. Yeah. And I think, yeah, when when you've sort of fallen into the rut of us versus them, it's real easy just to see the negative in the other person. And to paint a, we just begin to paint a caricature of the person. We, we begin to yeah. 
to paint a cartoon version of of who the mm-hmm. real person is. And man, I tell you what, like, because we all have done that and we all do that. The easiest way to get past that is face-to-face, breath-to-breath community, like mm-hmm. like with mm-hmm. with people that don't look like you, think like you, vote like you, talk like you, eat like you, all the things like the easiest way to break that caricature is to have one-on-one relationship. And and that that's what, you know, I kind of try to help guide people through in the book. Yeah, that reminds me, there was a season of my life, uh, so I worked at a church in Michigan, Kensington Community Church, and I was the technical director and I had to, you know, I was sort of like involved in all the ministries. Everybody needed something from yeah. me. And so I realized like, okay, this is more of a relational thing than it is yeah. like what exact, what microphone do you want to use or whatever. And so I developed this system in my own head of like, I'm just going to walk by their office and pretend to just, I was just walking by. Yep. Yep. And you just pop in, sit down, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, just walking by. But the whole reason I was walking by was to just, you know, get some FaceTime and, you know, just like, to let um, them feel. I mean, I also had questions. Yeah. I had questions that needed answering, but it was my way of sort of casually, you know, building the relationship kind of secretly. The funny part is when I, when I started working at Willow Creek, that building's a lot bigger. Right. And, uh, you know, I had to like block out half a day or something, you know, to walk by <laughs> somebody's office. Through Central Park slash Willow right, Creek. Right, right. And then, you know, some of the some of the offices, the only reason I'd be walking by is to come to your office. Like it's a dead end, you know. So yeah, I had to like rethink. Yeah, but just the idea of, of getting up close and personal with people, yeah. not just from a work standpoint, but just like who are you? This is who I am. Yep. How are you? Yeah, it's so important. Absolutely. No, it is, you know, and it's, it's. I mean, it goes into one of the sections of my book. I divide it into be human, see humans, free humans. Right, yeah. And it's the see human thing, man. Everyone is yeah. desperate to be seen and people feel more and more invisible these days than they ever have before, which is funny because we have more access to more people's eyes through these right. devices than we ever have before. But I'm telling you, there is something honestly supernatural about a human to human interaction and seeing people walking by their office, asking them to go to lunch, doing these things. People want to know that that someone wants to see them, you know, and mm, by you doing yeah. that, you know, by you, the tech director going by, just kind of shooting it up with them, asking about, you know, kind of their day, not asking about, you know, what format their PowerPoint is going to be in keynote or whatever. <laughs> yeah, just ask right. about their life. What does that do? Obviously, when it's time to talk about the the keynote or the the um, the Mac or whatever's not working, th- yeah. there's just that relational equity that's there that is going to make those harder conversations easier. Yeah, yeah. So let's back up just a little bit and talk about kind of the three big sections. So you said it earlier, there's B, C, and free. I would love to have you just kind of outline each of those for us to understand how to break it down. Yeah. You know, again, when I wrote the book, I wrote it knowing that there would be Christians and non-Christians alike that that read the Mm -hmm. book. But I use Jesus still as the, you know, I, I say at the beginning, hey, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. You don't have to believe mm-hmm. that Jesus is the son of God in order to still think he was a really good human. So let's just use him yeah. as our kind of, you know, thing. So I use him as our guide. And the whole yeah. be human piece is, I feel like that's first and foremost, the most important piece, because if we can't remember what it's like just to like figure it out on our own, who we are, like like who has God mm, created yeah. you to be, 
how do you actually get back to, you know, as we've got AI and tech and all sorts of things making us less human, every day the be human piece is going to be so important. So one of the one of the main things I talk about there, really two main things. One is like realizing who you are. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. talking about like we can go back to the DNA. A lot of us don't even you know know where we came from. Like like finding out like yeah. who you are and like taking pride in that. And then also finding out who God is. And, you know, I, I may, I've talked about this for five or six years throughout all my books, but really slowing down, lowering the volume of life so that we can really be fully human. Like we, we can't be, we can't see anybody until we be, right? Until we be. And so, yeah, that's that first piece <laughs> is just being, yeah, being human, you know, like going to therapy, like, like what are mm-hmm. the things that we've got to do to recenter ourselves and and be there. And so yeah, so that that's the first piece be human. And then see humans. There there it is. This is um this is you walking the halls of Willow Creek. This is seeing people that maybe haven't felt seen in a long time. And that's the piece that I think is the hardest it's going to be the hardest piece of the book because I'm not just talking about seeing people that you like. In the book I talk about seeing people that <laughs> yeah. you vehemently disagree with. And, and mm-hmm. seeing the beauty in who they are, seeing the humanity mm-hmm. in who they are. But Carlos, like, you, you know who they voted for? Like, there's no way. <laughs> like, like, do you know who they yada yada? And it's like, yeah, see them. They're, they are, they're humans that need to be seen, especially if you disagree with them. Like, like for somebody to right. like, to feel seen by somebody that they know they have a difference, a strong difference of opinion from, that is very healing. That, that is honestly, uh, for me, I mean, I just go personal. Like when, you know, I had a friend of mine, we both voted very differently in the, the last election. And, and we had a lot of disagreements on a lot of things. And there was one moment in 2021 where he, he just texted me and he goes, hey, I see, I get it. I get, I get it now. Mm. Now, did that mean that he changed his mind or his political affiliation? Right? No. But what did he do? He just texted me something simple that said, I see you. And oh my gosh, dude, yeah. the acceleration of healing. What did it want? What did it make me want to do? See him. So suddenly I'm like, right, right. What? Like I want to, I want to see him. So, you know, I use the, um, I use a story of uh, Philip and the Ethiopian um, eunuch. And yeah, yeah. I, I use that story because I love how Philip see, sees him. He's, he's actually, the only way he actually could have ever seen him is if he would have, slowed down, lowered the volume of life enough to hear from God, right? Because God actually told him to get up. He was at home. God told him to get up. That's the whole be human piece. Like be fully present, be fully human so that you can't hear God. And when he calls you to go see somebody, you can go do it. So he goes, he goes to the road. He sees the Ethiopian, but it's not good enough to just see him from across the road. That's where a lot of Christians like to stop. Like, I'll just go. I mean, I know that guy's nothing like me. This is like a rich black dude in a chariot. Uh, that's that's a eunuch, so he's castrated, <laughs> right? So there's like, a, yeah. there's a lot about this eunuch that was very different from Philip. And where right. a lot yeah. of Christians stop is they stop at the road and they say, okay, Jesus, Jesus loves you. I know that we're nothing alike, but just know that he loves you. But what I, what right, I love about right. the story is it teaches us that seeing somebody from far away isn't the gospel. Mm. You actually, and so what, what it said that the spirit told Philip to go and join the chariot and then it said Philip got in the chariot. And that's why I say yeah. this is the hardest part, right? Because now you're getting yeah, in chariots right. of people that are nothing like you and it's uncomfortable. 
But what happened at the end of that? He actually led the eunuch to the Lord. The only way he was able to yeah. do that is getting in the chariot, seeing him closely. And then that's that freedom piece, right? That's the last piece. Like, what good is it to see yeah. somebody if you don't give them freedom in some way, shape, or form? If you're a believer, the ultimate goal of freedom is freedom in Christ. If you're yeah. reading my books and you don't believe in Jesus or the gospel or anything, you can still give people freedom. There's financial freedom. There's all sorts of freedom that people can still get from you. And so, you know, I go into some examples in the book on how my instafamilia that's grown massively the last few years has given freedom to a lot of people when when we see them, you know, and how we've fundraised and done yeah. a lot of things together. So, you know, I mean, there's the three sections of the book, be human, see humans, sure. free humans. And, you know, I think that those things put together, it's not necessarily a formula as as much as it is, man, just try one of those a day. Yeah, yeah. And, and I promise you that you're going to start to feel more human. Yeah, I mean, I think just one of the one of the three by itself is sure. like a, a book. giant effort. <laughs> yeah, to to I mean to to be more human, you know, to slow down enough to to yeah. hear from God, to to be able to discern God is speaking to me. You yeah. know, all those things to to embrace who God made me to be. I mean, all those yeah. things are yeah, feels like years of therapy right there. Yeah, that's um, totally. And now you're asking me to go like close the gap with my neighbor, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that feels even more hard. Yeah, yeah, no. Which, uh, yeah, I love the story you tell about your neighbor scowling at you, you know, hey, neighbor, and just like uh -huh. him giving you a, a, you know, kind of a, a grumpy face and all the assumptions you can make from that to say, well, I'm never going to oh, talk boy. to him again. I mean, I had this moment when I was, you know, years ago, I was behind the, the soundboard at church and feeling super lonely and like, how come nobody's asking me how I'm doing? I must've had a bad week or something. Sure. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think anyone's ever asked me how I'm doing. <laughs> no one's ever come back here and yeah. said, hey man, how's it going? Yeah. And so I'm like, I wonder if everybody else is feeling this way. Sure. I'm just going to go down on, you know, to the stage and, and just start talking to the drummer. Hey man, how's it going? Yeah. You know, how's your son doing? You know, just like, yeah. if I want it, uh, there's probably a good chance that everybody else does, but I'm not going to know that unless I'm willing to get up close. Yes. You know, cause oh, I mean, I mean, there it is, dude. I mean, there, that's a massive paradigm shift. If you want to be seen, go see somebody else, you know, like yeah, yeah. if, if you want that to happen to you, imagine how many other people are desperate for, I promise you that drummer, nobody's been asking him besides you. Hey, can you up the click? You know, like, like nobody's been asking him yeah, like right. how his son is, you know, on a Sunday morning and yeah, man, that yeah, is yeah. Good. that's really, I, I love that. I think I think that's really powerful yeah. to do. I really appreciate that you think that back in the day that I was running front of house, there was like in-ears and click oh, and all sure, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're ageless. You're uh, ageless yeah. beauty there, God. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that idea of closing the gap. And I, I think just even, you know, talking about our context of, you know, the production booth and the stage yeah. or the platform you know, there's like a physical distance, there's a spiritual distance, emotional distance. There's yeah. a lot of gap to fill there. But I think, yeah, like like I was feeling, if I don't fill it, yep. I mean, it's already kind of proven that no one else is going to do it. Yeah. And that's not to say that that other people weren't experiencing that, but yeah, Please. if you want it, you got to go out, you got to fill the gap. Yeah, so, absolutely. No, it's so good. So yeah. One of the other things, thinking about your book and kind of the idea of freeing people, freeing humans uh, at the end of your book, you sort of, you start talking about all these horrible things that happened in your life, kind of all stacked on top of each other. Yeah. And then not so much asking for help, but 
uh, maybe asking for help and receiving it. Receiving it. That yeah. is such a hard thing for us to, it's hard for me to do. Yeah. And how often I'm probably missing out on something, some blessing God has for me. Not not so much, you know, monetarily or whatever, but just the sure. to receive from people, to feel the love from people. Yeah. I think uh, we miss a whole lot by not asking right. for the love. Well, and 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 I think sometimes we actually are asking for it, right? Because we're praying, God, please, please help me. Like when you're in the middle of a yeah, situation, yeah. you're like asking sure. for help, right? You're like, please help me, please help me. And then somebody shows up. And they're like, hey, like, I want to do something for you. I want to, you know, and you're like, no, 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 no. I, 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 don't, I don't need your help. Like, I can figure yeah. this out on my own. And it's like, wait a second. I, I tell this to myself all the time. W was <laughs> I not just asking God <laughs> for help? Help. And someone yeah, right. shows up and someone's like, here you go. I want to help you. And you're like, no, 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 I'm going to wait for God. Like, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's that, it's that old story that my dad used to tell in, you know, when he's preaching about the dude that was like, you know, in a boat and, and like, you know, praying God to help him. And like a helicopter came by, no, I'm just going to wait for God to come or whatever. Oh, yeah, he's coming by to help. And it's like, wait a second. God's like, I sent you a helicopter. I sent you all these things. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, and, and honestly, that's just the sin of pride. It, that, that's just what it is. And we all deal with it. Yeah. in some way, shape or form. And, you know, I tell the story, I tell a story in a book where I had a horrible week. I mean, it was, it was horrible. One thing after another, yeah, it was, another, yeah, it, was. <laughs> I, it was actually unbelievable. Like every time I tell that story halfway through, I'm like, I don't even believe myself. I can't believe all of these things <laughs> happened, you know? And they, they, yeah. it's, it's not like it was every, like everything was a huge tragic thing. It was like little tragedies just piled up on top of each other. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Praying to God, God, am I cursed? Like what, what is happening? Can mm, you fix mm. this? And then somebody comes by and they're like, Hey, I just want to bless you a little bit. And I was like, no, I'm not going to let you No, I don't need your vent. They tried to get my, yeah, yeah. no, and I don't, I don't, I don't want anyone's donations. And you know, God was like, no, I want to, I want to provide for you this way. And yeah. Mm. So just remember when you're praying and asking God for help, he will help you through actual human beings that you've got to lower yeah, your yeah. pride and allow that to come in. Yeah. It comes back to the being part, you know, be human. It's like, if you're not listening to what God's saying or yes. be trying, you know, being aware of, you know, the people tr around you trying to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, it's going to be hard to, to free others. Yeah. yeah. No, it really is. It really, it really is. And it's, you, you can't free anybody unless you free yourself. Um, and, yeah. and, yeah. uh, you know, I think a lot of people want to do the, want to feel the benefits of other people finding freedom through something that you've done. But the most important thing for all of us is that we find freedom ourselves first, you know, and you, you can go back to my, mm -hmm. go back to kill the spider and enter wild for, for my thoughts on all of that and what freedom really is like, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, man, it, it just is, I, I don't think that this message, I don't think I'm ever going to stop talking about this message. We joked a little bit about how, like, mm -hmm. I'm already on to writing the next book, but yeah, yeah. this whole idea of be human, see humans, free humans. It's just every day. Like if you go into the day with that mindset. And, you know, you, I mean, my wife and I are, I mean, it's simple. We're, we're about to get on a flight. I think we were in Detroit going, coming to, out to coming to Nashville and we're in line to, to board the plane. And there's a woman that has a trash bag filled with her clothes. She didn't have a suitcase. My wife, Mrs. Be Human, had a human just looks at me and she's like, hmm. empty your suitcase. I was like, what? She's like, empty the suitcase. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so I empty my suit. My underwear's all over the ground. My, you know, I'm shoving things in my, she grabs my empty <laughs> suitcase. She walks to this woman. She's like, hey, w would you like a suitcase? And the woman's like, I, can I borrow it? And she's like, no, no, you can have it. 
And like, that's wow. all it was. See humans, free humans. See humans, free humans. How yeah. can we do that every mm. single day? That's going to be a way better sermon than you could ever preach on a Sunday morning, showing people what it looks like to be the hand yeah. of Jesus. I love it. One of the other things you talk about in the free section, you know, just we're just talking about kind of, you know, receiving from others. And one of the things you said in the book was like, I'm not worthy. My problems are not even said it, you know, like they're little tiny things piled up. It's like there are worse off people in the world. Uh, I don't need help. And I think it just, you know, that's part of the, yeah, going back to the pride part of it that, you know, it's like receive it. If, if, If God has given it to you, take it. Take it. Um, it's, it is, it's yeah. vital. It's, it's so important to, you know, if the Lord's going to give it to you and you're going to ask for it, receive it. It's, I mean, I know how hard it is yeah, to do, right. yeah. but yeah, it's important. Yeah. So good. I mean, this has been a great conversation. I, uh, we should have you back uh, at Philo in Let's the near go. future. Maybe when, it. when it's not so lockdowny. Yes. I think it was, uh, we were still wearing masks, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That time, oh yeah. Oh so. yeah. Like, I was still, I was still bathed <laughs> yeah. in, in hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, the and days. then my wife's like, hey, yeah. listen, hand sanitizer is actually killing the good germs on you. So I'm like, oh my gosh, now we got to look something else. So <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Well, and you know what? The other thing it does, it kills like our body's immunity. Like we're yeah. not used to fighting off germs because yeah. we've gotten rid of all of them. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. So yeah, I'd love to come <laughs> back, man. That would be, that would be great. Yeah, cool. So thanks so much for making time. Good to see you again and Absolutely. hopefully see you soon. All right. I really loved talking to Carlos and I really enjoyed his book. I mean, I could relate to so much of it from my perspective living at front of house most of my life. I mean, it can be so easy to see that what we do every weekend can easily become an us versus them mentality. You know, the people in the booth and the people on stage that were so different that, yeah, it's real easy to get into an us versus them mentality. And the reality is, as Carlos kind of alluded to, you know, it's up to us to close the gap ourselves. It's not just wait for someone else to do it. If we want to build a better community, we have to be willing to close the gap. I also love just the idea of asking for help and opening ourselves up to being surprised by how others human back to us in his language. I think it's such a key part of building trust with our counterparts to become vulnerable and give people a chance to surprise us. I think it's so important. So I would highly recommend picking up a copy of How to Human. It was really helpful for my own life. And yes, thanks, Carlos, for being on the podcast, for writing the book, and just for your part in the story of the Philo community. So don't forget to sign up for the Philo Summer Skills Cohort happening in June, July, and August. Love to see you there. I'll be there. So would love to have you join us. Also, if you want to stay up to date on all things Philo, you can follow us on social media at Philo Community on Facebook and Instagram and at Philo Conference on Twitter. All right. See you next time. Bye.